You're listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast by Sam and Brian Dostal. Everything sports, all the time. Hi, yes. Welcome to another edition of the Sports Brothers Podcast with Sam and Brian Dostal, where it is everything sports all the time. It's our slogan, Sam, that I don't think I've ever said for this podcast, but it is, in fact, in our open, and we got to start using it. You probably said it the first time we did it. Probably. It's in our – oh, oh, it's in it's, that open. It's in the intro. It says every. you say everything sports all the time, but I don't think we actually we, ever uh, say copyright it. that? We could, well, the PHS Sports has it originally. But they didn't copyright it. That's true. We didn't. We could copyright it. I don't. I, I think it's pretty good. Everything sports all the time. I think that's that could take us to the next solid. level. That might get us to like 150 clicks on one show. It might. I mean, just you, you see everything sports all the time. If you like sports, I gotta listen, right? Yeah. Well, moving on. Uh, so uh, a, a good show today. It's it's always a good show. But starting the top of the of the broadcast, we're gonna have a lot of college basketball. Sam, there was two fantastic games last night, especially three. three excuse me, especially the Kansas Oklahoma game. I will have my confessions corner. It's been a while, um, but there's a troubled quarterback with the Cleveland Browns. That I will be discussing. We'll continue with some more NFL headlines as Tom Coughlin resigns to 12 seasons with the New York Giants. Uh, and talk about the NFL playoffs. Sam has his back on the radar, and we'll talk about the college football bowl game ratings. But, Sam, um, the last two days I have been to two places that people may not want to go to in the early morning especially, and I was at the dentist yesterday morning, and I was at the doctor's office this morning to get my flu shot. So Monday, Tuesday, those two things are out of the way, and I don't have to wake up for anything in the next three days or really for, for a while now. I know, because going somewhere at 9.30 or at 10 o'clock on, on a weekday is so early to the majority of the population. On no, it planet. really is. Were you being serious or are you? I'm saying to the majority of the population, if you said, oh, I have a doctor's appointment, including the other three people in this house, if you had something at 10 a.m., I wouldn't even set an alarm. If mom didn't wake me up for the last two days, I would not. I would not. I would miss those appointments. See, when I'm at school, I, I I'm very much more like I'll set my alarm, like I'm like I and I want to make sure I wake up for something, like for class or get into the editing lab or making a radio show. But when I'm home, I want to sleep in until I wake up or to just till I, yeah. Well, you also don't go to bed until like one in the morning at the earliest. I don't. That's that's not a big deal to me. But there's nothing to do that late. Play video games, watch no, TV. You'd be, you'd be no. doing the same thing if if. What do you do more productive in the morning that that you couldn't do at night? You're up at a more normal hour for one. But when you sleep in, it's still the same amount of hours. Yeah, but there's nothing to do at that time of night. Nothing to do in the morning either. Yes, there is. Oh please. There's better television. I still get two hours of DP in, and then Colin. Anyway, so let's talk uh, college basketball, Sam. Last night. Oklahoma can't. Not only was it a fantastic game, but it was one versus two. And has there been a better college basketball in recent memory? <sighs> the I mean, there's obviously there's great games every year. Um, as far as recent memory, there was that five overtime game would have been 2013 with Louisville and Notre Dame. That game at Notre Dame that was a fantastic. 
fantastic. I went back game. And, and watched the highlights from that game, and Notre Dame was trailing by eight with less than a minute left. Yeah, yeah. And Jerry and Grant just went off. Yeah, hey, threes, 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 and um, they won. They won in five overtime. You know, I remember watching that game in my college dorm room. My uh, my buddy, my roommate. Uh, <laughs> it was funny. He he was going to talk on the phone with his girlfriend. Uh, who went to school at at a southern school, so they didn't go to uh, obviously not at the same school. It's, we were at Springfield College, and he said, "Okay, at the end of this game, because we were watching the game together, me and my buddy, my roommate, and then one overtime goes. All right, at the end of overtime, two overtimes, three overtimes, same same conversation happening. Finally, after the fifth overtime, probably what an hour and fifteen minutes later." Um, <laughs> And like at one o'clock, cause that one o'clock in the morning, cause that was a late game. Um, Twelve o'clock, probably like midnight. Okay, still. Yeah. Much later than and what was he anticipated? And you know that the the thing about that game was that was part of a great day of college basketball. I don't know if how how well you remember that day, but it was a Saturday, and we had just had a big snowstorm here in New England, so we were under like three feet of snow, so we weren't going any. I wasn't going anywhere. And it, there was a lot. I think Kansas and Oklahoma might have played that day as well because I remember there being a, a really good Big 12 game uh, played at Oklahoma. It might have been Oklahoma-Kansas, but not to get too far off uh, the, the beaten trail there. Uh, but some other games, Duke-Syracuse, both those games a couple of years ago. Yep, especially the first one. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. The second one was good, and I think people might think of it as a, a little bit better based on the first one. The first one was an, uh, an all-time classic. The second one was controversial. Controversial, certainly. Jimmy B, who will be back coaching very shortly, um, serving that nine-game suspension. But uh, yeah, that was a good one. And then, uh, in not regular season, and, but I think the one that takes the cake, at least for me, is that six-overtime game, UConn, uh, uh, Syracuse. The emotional ups and downs of that game. Uh, but to this game, Sam, 109 points scored by Kansas. The Kansas football team, they 108. scored 108. In Big 12 play. In big, okay. Did not read that, but regardless, still. Um, but let's, let's talk about And this about is the Big 12 football here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what do the teams average, what, like 40 points a game? Let's, let's talk about this game. And coming in, we had some big-time, big-name players in this one. You have, of course, Buddy Heald for the Sooners, along with Jordan Wooden, Ryan Spangler. And then the other side for the Jayhawks, Perry Ellis, by the way, he's been there for 35 years. Frank Mason the third, Wayne Selden Jr. And he looks Jr. 35, too. And he, yeah, he also looks 35. Um, just It was a stacked if, – if you are if you love college basketball, going in, this this was a highly anticipated game already. It certainly lived up to the billing. Um, but what is your biggest takeaway from this game? Uh, my biggest takeaway is that, well, first off, Experience when you have teams with experienced players and players that have been around for a couple years, boy, is it a good product on the floor, right? Yeah. Uh, Frank yeah. Mason Jr., Perry Ellis, who you mentioned, or Frank Mason III. Uh, Wayne Selden's been there a couple years. On the other side, Spangler's been there forever. Buddy Heal. These are guys, Isaiah. Cousins, these are guys that have been around the block. And then you look at the freshmen, like the. The stud freshman on Kansas, uh, Chuck Diala, um, Carlton Bragg Jr. These are guys highly recruited. Between them, they played only eight minutes in the game. Yeah, why? Because you you look and you have the experience. Not that it wouldn't have been a great game if those two didn't play, but I think it shows that college basketball still can produce that great product, especially when you have two teams that are as experienced and 
are as veteran laden as these two teams are. Uh, it was it. <laughs> I think these teams are certainly going to be there at the end because that experience, as we've seen, goes a, goes a long, long, long way. I think the, the biggest takeaway is how great of a player Buddy Heald is yes. in this one. Uh, eight from fifteen from three. You know, he took twenty three shots and scored forty six points. You don't see that in. I mean, sometimes even the NBA. I mean, that twelve is... of fourteen from the foul line. He's above ninety percent uh, shooter. And yeah, you know, a star player taking just twenty three shots in, and he played fifty four minutes. In fifty four minutes. That's the other thing. He wasn't chucking up. I mean, he was the best shot possible. Yeah. I mean, he also. I mean, he took a couple forced ones. He took that three that rattled in yep. in the third overtime, and then he had to take that three as time was winding down. And he was talking about that one uh, where he kind of double clutched. He thought. I think, he, I think it was Frank Mason who was closing out on him. He thought he was going to foul him, um, but he I, didn't foul him, so he kind of rushed the shot. And I wonder bit. if they count. I forget which overtime it was, but he threw like a Hail Mary. From, yeah, so that's if, true, if, yeah. If, that, if you count that, I mean, those are three shots right there, and, and realistically, 20 shots, he scored 46 points. He's a, sh- he's, he's a smart player. And, boy, can he get to the rack or what? Oh, God. He just somehow he slides his way through and uh, gets himself to the rim. Uh, it, it was a fun game. It was it was a lot of fun. And uh, what's your thought? I I you know well it could have ended in regulation and been a great game. Yep. Um, you had the over the back call and then uh, Latin going down the other end. The the big for Oklahoma, Kadeem Latin. Kadeem Latin. Uh, one in one opportunity, missed the front end. That was with I think two point one seconds left in regulation. Um, but then you have the the inbound play there. With Frank Very Mason. controversial. You, you gave him no room. The official has to do a better job than that. Yeah. And I thought they were very good in this game. Yes. I thought they were excellent. Because we agreed on the, on the over the back. That should have been yeah. over the back. Um, and then there, I remember the the uh, Kansas fans getting on the refs. Do you remember when Perry Ellis faked the handoff and then kind of stuck his butt out? Yep. And that's a call you have to make. I thought they did a very good job on those calls, but they missed this one. Because at Kansas, at Allen Fieldhouse – there's no room on the on the sideline, anyways. You know they have those sc- the score tables there. There you, you have barely enough room to to even put your feet. If you have a size twenty shoe, you might not have enough room. It's a it was a big miss, and it was actually it was a, it was a second straight possession where he'll turn it over because he was stripped by Mason the third on the previous possession. But yeah, um, you know, and for Mason the third, you know, big moment, and you know he's trying to do anything he can to deflect that, but that's. Well, it's, it's not Mason's fault. You see, he's he's jumping up, he's hyped up, he's going to gradually get closer. The ref has to step in there because there's, there's when a, he gives him the ball. There's a three feet, the three right. foot rule. You have to be three feet right. away from the inbounder. And if you watch it, there was times where, where Mason the third was actually touching him. That's where the ref he has to step in before he gives him the basketball. And you know when they spread their arms out to get the player back, that he didn't do that there. That's the only time, and it was a big play in the game. Uh, and also, you were asking what made this game so good, Brian. All those minutes, thirty combined turnovers in that game. Sixteen turnovers for Oklahoma. Fourteen turnovers. That is clean for basketball. Kansas. That that's clean I basketball. Mean, that <laughs> and the shot making. I mean, man, these these just guys back and forth, just answering on each end. It was it was phenomenal. The rematch for this game will be, of course, in Oklahoma on February thirteenth. Mark your calendar, circle it, check it off. It's a Saturday. Saturday, good. Uh, you know, you got to watch this game. It's an absolute must.
Uh, moving on to the other game that was also on ESPN. Just one more note on the. Uh, you made me forget what I was going to say Kansas about this Oklahoma game. Yeah. Oh, the what was what made it even? No, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, I thought what made it. I don't know about even, but, but didn't it kind of snuck up on you, right? That it was a one-two matchup. Well, because the rankings were released. Well, I know, that but day. even even I didn't even realize that these teams were playing until Friday, Saturday. I knew they were playing. A, Five six days ahead, but I mean, it's still for the most part. It kind of, I think, it snuck up on people. Wasn't I mean, what was it? It was uh, Ellis or not LSU? Uh, Memphis versus Tennessee a few years back, where it was it, that was hyped up like crazy. That was when Derrick Rose was on Memphis. That was that was like big but you, time. Usually, when you Calipari was still you, there. When you see games like this, it's usually you know there's a big build up. It was all of a sudden it was kind of like. Oh. Well, because officially it wasn't announced no, until till yesterday. Monday. Yeah, until Monday. Uh, North Carolina, they defeated Florida State 106-90. That was an exciting game. Bryce Johnson, 39 points and 23 rebounds. Talk about a guy, Sam, that he's he 14 comes... of 16 from – you want to talk a guy being efficient. We talked about Buddy Heald. Bryce Johnson, 14 of 16. You're talking about a guy that made the tough decision by staying one more year at North Carolina – could have been a probably would have been a first round pick, maybe even a lottery pick last year. But he has played really, really well so far for the Boy, Tar Heels. Does he have, he have springs, huh? Oh God! <laughs> uh, we think that Stanley Robinson can leap. Bryce Johnson, I think, takes him out of the water, which is saying something. They were saying on the broadcast last night that he's put on forty pounds of muscle since he arrived at North Carolina. Because he was he was always beyond athletic from the moment he stepped on to the floor with North Carolina. But he's certainly, he's a guy, and you look at the the advantages of staying for a longer period of time, right? Yeah. At the Bryce Johnson's a perfect example of someone who could have gone, probably could have been a high draft pick, but he stayed, matured. Now he's going to be even more NBA ready by the time he gets into the NBA uh, next year because um, I think you, you look at it and there's certain guys who should go pro, like Ben Simmons he should go pro this year uh, you know the Harrison twins last year they probably shouldn't have gone pro no they shouldn't but at, all. at the same time a guy like Jaleel Okafor Carl Anthony Towns those guys are ready uh, I think there has to be but th- those and I say this every time those are the 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 rare exceptions exactly like, if you're going to be a lock like a top five you then, have to go then you have to go but if you're going to be a lottery and you're a sophomore stay yeah stay because like I mean it, and, and chances are if you are a lottery pick you're going to go to a team with a with system that could fit yes but there's also it's probably that is where I think the the greater issue lies in this whole college basketball and the large number of players leaving early. It's not the Jaleel Okafors, the Carl Anthony Towns, uh, LeBron James when he skips college it's and goes t- right. Th- it's, it's the Tyus Jones. It's the Tyus. The, it's the, the Tyler Renneses. Right. It's, 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 it's those, those types of players, the Harrison twins, uh, leaving early when they're, when they're quite frankly, they're, they're not ready. And if you stay three years, four years, you're going to be ready. If Tyus Jones stays a sophomore year and a junior year playing for Coach K. He was great as a freshman. Imagine what he'd be three years from now going into the league, how much more ready he'd be. Uh, Tyler Ennis, fantastic as a freshman under Jim Beheim. 
couple more years, you know how far along he's going to be. It, it just it, it doesn't make sense to me. It, it's not those high-level guys. It's those guys that are the Tier 2 or Tier 3 players. And it, it happens every single year. It is. You, I mean, you'll, every you'll, single you'll year. look down the, the list of players who declared for the draft, and, and there's always guys who are pretty solid college players that are freshmen or sophomores, and you see them go 55th or undrafted. And next thing you know, they're, they're playing overseas, and they're out of the game in a couple of years because maybe if instead of maybe waiting another year or two to get themselves further along, like Shabazz Napier, he's a great example. We watched a lot of him at UConn. Did you ever think he'd be a first-round pick until his senior year? No. no. Uh, he made himself into that. And he's a guy who partially considered leaving early. So did Ryan Boatwright. So did Ryan Boatwright. Um, and let's, let's not forget Sam Marcus Page. He also scored 30 yes. for, the, for the Tar Heels, my favorite non-UConn Florida player. State should be pretty good this year, though. Yeah. They're going to win some games in the yeah. AAC. They can score. Uh, let's talk player of the year candidates, Sam. We just mentioned three names that could be it, and Buddy Heald, Bryce Johnson, Marcus Page. you got to throw in George's Niang there as well, a uh, local kid from, from New London, and Chris Dunn. Uh, it's wide open this year. Just like just like the best teams in college basketball, it's not like this year where there's a, a, a big four or a big two. There's not a Duke-Wisconsin or in a Kentucky where you know those are the three best teams in college basketball. It is wide open this season, which is going to be make which is going to make March so fun to watch. Now, here's a question for you: Do you think the Player of the Year could be a a freshman and be on a team that doesn't make the NCAA tournament? <sighs> I'm assuming that would be a first. I, but I, to me, Simmons is great. I mean, he's it's it's fantastic to see what he can do with the ball. You know, he's going to be the first overall pick most likely in in uh, the 2016 draft. But when when you're face when when you put in the conversation of Player of the Year and, and he's facing guys like a Buddy Heald who goes off 46 against Kansas, um, and then George's Niang who's hit many big shots for Iowa State, Chris Dunn. Almost a walking triple double. I, th- I think it's very, very tough to to beat teams that have players that are top ten in the country. Well, Simmons is arguably the best player in the country. Yeah, and, and, and prospect wise, he is. But not I, even prospect wise, Brian. Did you? I mean, the other day, you're talking not, about big I'm not, numbers. I'm not saying he's no. I know he has he put numbers up for it. Thirty six points, fourteen rebounds at Vanderbilt, ten of fifteen from the floor. I get that. I understand that. I'm not saying his numbers are bad. They're one of the best in the, in the country, if not arguably the best. But I think best player to watch, or excuse me, national player of the year, wins got to put oh, I part think so. of that as and well. It has to be part of the of the For equation. me, my, if, if I had a vote, I'd go with Buddy Heald. Right now, yes, right absolutely. Now, I, I would go with, with Buddy Heald. Uh, going into the game yesterday, fourth in the country in points per game. Obviously, that jumps up with the 46-point uh, effort. Um He's a senior. He's just, and he's a smart player. Which you, you look at his his shooting for the year: nine for nineteen, nine for thirteen, seven of twelve. He had a five for sixteen against Wisconsin and a four for twelve against Central Arkansas. Uh, but you know, twelve for twenty-two, eight for thirteen, eleven for fourteen against Harvard. Uh, he just he knows how to score the basketball. Uh, he's he's a pretty good player on both ends. Uh, be hard for me to to give give the nod to anyone else at this point. I mean, fifty percent from three, Bry, fifty percent from the floor overall. As a guard, as a guard, as a guard, as a guard, and, 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 you're, in, and you're in conference play now. It's... And he's not a guy who doesn't shoot the three ball. You know, some guys have those small um, 
sample sizes, he averages better than seven three-point attempts per contest. I'm, I'm going with uh, Buddy Heald uh, right now as my player of the year. I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, mentioned Chris Dunn. His last game versus St. John scored 26. He scored 20 the other night. And like I said, he's a walking triple-double. He's averaging 17.5 points per game, six rebounds, and seven assists. This is a player that's come a long, long way. Um, coming out of high school, he was kind of troubled, and they went through some injury issues. And some some people thought, would he ever would he ever really pan out and get going at Providence? Yeah, and and he's another guy actually, Brian. Remember there was some some talk about him leaving early last year. Yeah, how much has his draft stock improved? It's Denzel uh, Valentine, another one of those guys. I mean, it's. He, or he he's in the in the national play that we even mentioned. Yeah, him. he's been hurt the he's last been hurt. couple weeks, but he's certainly in there as well. Um, Mellow Trimble from Maryland. I mean, there's just guys that you can line up. Uh, last thing, Sam. Best. Let's go over the best teams in college basketball right now. Uh, you look at the rankings, and and Kansas is number one. Oklahoma's two. Although they probably won't. They could drop to four to be honest, right? Maybe it doesn't Virginia really lost, matter. But again, it doesn't matter. Um, Maryland, Michigan State, North Carolina, Providence. Um, UConn, they trickle into the top 25 this week. Uh, Dayton, they got back their, their star player in Pierre a, a, a few weeks back, so we'll see what they do. But um, how about SMU, Sam? They haven't lost a game. They have nothing to play for, really. Um, but they're 13-0, and Nick Moore in his senior year, uh, Marcus Kennedy, Larry Brown just getting those Ws. Makes, makes it look good for the AAC. I mean, cause they're, they're it beating. does. Beating teams out of and, conference. And, and long-term for the ACC, it does a lot of good things. AAC. What did I say? You said the ACC. ACC. For the AAC, it does good things because it still builds the program and moves it forward, which is good. Yeah, and, that, and that's what you want to see. Um, but would you say – no, like I just said, I mean, there's just so many teams that are so – I mean, we talk about experience. Virginia is very experienced with uh, Parentes and – and um, and Bogdanigan and, and, and those players there. Um, Kentucky, obviously can never count them out. Um, Xavier and Villanova, the two big heads in, in Big East. Um, all right, let's go ahead to Brian's Confessions Corner. Do not have any music for it. I think I lost it somehow, Sam. I don't know where Quick it is. question while we're talking about Providence. Yep. Um, January 26th versus Xavier. Yep. Would you like to go? What day is it? Say Tuesday. It's an eight thirty game, or February sixth. It's a Saturday. A Saturday, a two thirty game against Villanova. I don't know. We'll talk. We'll but talk. Providence is on. Is kind of on the way up. I know from Eastern, so it wouldn't be. Me and Dad went last year to the Villanova game. Interesting place to watch a game. Um, fun though. All right, so let's head to Brian's Confessions Corner, and I mentioned earlier it was going to be out be about the. Browns QB, it's certainly not going to be about Austin Davis. It's certainly not going to be about Josh McCowan. It's about Johnny Manziel. And most recently, the second-year quarterback was caught at a party at a Las Vegas casino with a blonde wig, a mustache, glasses, and hoodie. And this is the night before the season finale uh, just a few days ago. Manziel says he wants out of Dallas. He want, or Excuse me, he wants out of Cleveland and wants to go to Dallas. As a as a second year quarterback that has done nothing to show for in this league, I don't know how in the world this is a player that can say I want to go somewhere. Who who, who is it to say that Manziel has has the right to say Yeah, I want to go to Dallas. I want to go here. I want to go there. You didn't even prove yourself in Cleveland, the team that 
trusted you in the beginning and drafted you. But everyone that and I've never been a Menzel fan. I've I've never liked him. Uh, and and people compare him to oh Rob Gronkowski goes out, goes out and parties. Yes, he does. However, guess what? Rob Gronkowski Gronkowski has better friends than Johnny Menzel does because Gronkowski and other players. It's, it's not just Gronkowski that goes out and parties. Most a lot of NFL players do, but they are smart enough to not put themselves in situations that Menzel does. You know, if you just go out to a bar, go out to just a random party, you know, you could be with some some of your friends, yes, but there's also a lot of people surrounding you that will take a picture of you. Anyways, but you, you can't – good quarterbacks do not get in trouble. They don't. You look at the history in the NFL, if, if you have Super Bowl – if you have multiple Super Bowl wins – Chances are you didn't get in any kind of trouble. You look at Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I mean, that's allegedly, whether Patriots fan or not. Eli Manning, Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, John Elway, Troy Aikman, Roger Staubach. Those guys did not get in trouble. And they, and, and, and yeah, some of those guys, Montana, Bradshaw, Elway, Aikman, Staubach, they didn't have to deal with social media. Not as much as, as these players do nowadays. But they could still get a caught up in trouble. It doesn't, I mean... You can still get a DUI in 1970, just like you can in 2016. But you look at players that were a first or second round pick that did get in trouble and have and are not successful: Michael Vick, Dante Culpepper, Vince Young, Jamarcus Russell, Jake Plummer. Those guys have been arrested throughout the course of the years. Now, Mandel has not been arrested yet this in his career. Not saying he will. I hope he doesn't. You know, I, I, I want this. I, I do not want him, you know, to be the center of immediate attention and, and doing all these bad things. But it's my point here is if, if a cor- the quarterbacks are the leaders of your franchise, it's the leader of your team. If you don't have a good quarterback nowadays, you can't win football games. You can't win a Super Bowl. You can't. You, you simply cannot. So to say that Johnny Manziel is can be a successful quarterback, he has to figure it out off the field first. He has to absolutely figure it out before he he figure, figures his game on the field. I mean, he's had incidents where he slipped off Redskins fans during the preseason game a few years ago. Um, you know, he's been late to team meetings. He got in, in a lobby incident fight in a hotel at 2.30 in the morning when the team was leaving for Atlanta for a game that day. Um December 23rd, 2014, he says he will take the job more seriously. Four days later, he doesn't show up to a, a team walkthrough and, and treatment. Security had to go to his house and find him, and he admitted that he was out the night before. Um, he, he has checked in for rehab, and, and I've said on this podcast, I've said on my radio show, I said I'm giving Johnny Manziel a second chance. I am congratulating him. Or I, I should say congratulating him, but I am I'm giving him props for realizing he has an issue, he has a problem, and he's trying to fix it. And he tried to do that in the offseason. But I think this is the lowest of lows that we've reached for Johnny Manziel, saying that he wants to, first of all, just be released by his contract, his rookie contract from the Browns, and then to say he wants to be the Dallas Cowboys' backup quarterback, right? I mean, he's not going to play over Tony Romo. Jerry Jones wouldn't do that, right? <laughs> I don't think he would do that. Anyways, um, but he goes to a Las Vegas party and dresses up as a man that's not himself. He's, he calls himself Billy. He disguises himself just – this is where he has an issue. He has a problem. He wants to, to – he just wants to party. I mean, that's – if he if he's willing to dress himself as a different person just to have a couple beers and, and to do whatever he does at, at the party, 
He's still immature. He has not changed since his his college days. God and, and Sam, he just he hasn't turned things around from the start of his from the from his college career to now. It's gotten worse. It's I mean, it, he go dress mustache, hoodie, glasses, blonde wig. While he's trying to, well, first he has a concussion protocol the next morning that he's supposed to be at, and two, while he's attempting to secure himself a starting job in the NFL next year. I mean, I don't know how many chances the Browns, the Browns, Chris Mortensen, uh, he said he hadn't, you know, had an official word from any sources. This was about 10 minutes before we started the podcast. I heard uh, it said that Mortensen had said um, he's going to be gone. You know, not sources telling him just how can you keep him? You can't. And and you look at it and not completely because of Manziel, but head coach, GM, fired. I mean, you have to have Cleveland was already a circus before that. Yeah, but he made it a – He made it a rodeo circus. He made made it like the the greatest show on turf. He made it to the point – doesn't he realize – when is he going to realize that it's not only his life that he's affecting and his opportunity to – play in the NFL and his image and all that stuff, but he's affecting the lives of really everybody in that organization because, quite frankly, if you don't have a quarterback as an organization, what are you? So if the quarterback position is going to be a mess, you're not going to go far as an organization. The coach is going to get fired. The GM is going to get fired. Uh, Players are going to possibly lose jobs because, you know, oh, doesn't look like you can do it, but it's just – even like last year, and this was before he checked into rehab. Well, at this point, it doesn't matter because it hasn't changed. You know, he, I, he, I he, think he, the he, rehab was a total effort. He didn't go in there uh, trying to fix himself. He went so in you there. you think it was the Browns just trying to help that, him? That, and or? I think it was him saying, this will make my image look better if I go in there for I think It's made him look worse because he days. hasn't changed. It's, he's a mess. He's a, he's a complete and utter disaster. Moving on with NFL headlines, Tom Coughlin resigns after 12 seasons as Giants head coach. However, Sam, and we talked about this last podcast, and I'm upset that Coughlin's gone. But what I'm, I'm more what I'm more upset is that they keep general manager Jerry Reese. Now he's got a ton of money to blow in this offseason, so they better get some defenders. They better and they they better get some lockdown corners because so many times the Giants' defense blew gains because of, of late drives by opponents. The offense they can score, we know that, and hopefully. But next how many year, times did they squander opportunities in the red zone this year? That's the Giants have always done that. But how many? It, it, it was very, very plain and clear to see this year too. Even the even the game on Sunday, they're leading late third quarter in that pick six. I didn't watch much of the game. I was watching more of the Patriots game. Good thing that they lost that game though. Much better that the Giants lost that. I mean, how can you argue that he he should be able to stay around, Brian? You look at I think they should get rid of Jerry Reese before they get you rid look of his records. or get rid of both. If you I look, would feel more comfortable, I understand you look at the, the records. I get that, but he also has two Super Bowls with his it, franchise. Yeah, but Brian, they went to the they, his first year, two thousand four. Okay, uh, that was I believe Eli Manning's first year, right? I think two thousand four. Yes. So six and ten. First full year with Eli Manning as a starter, 11-5, first in the NFC playoffs. Next year, 
little bit of a downturn, 8-8. Eight and eight. Okay, Eli's still young, still go to the playoffs. Both years they lose in the NFC wildcard round. 2007, 10-6, and six, second, win the Super Bowl. 12-4, 2008, excellent year. They haven't had a year that comes close regular season-wise to that year since. Since then, 8-8. Eight and eight, Missed the playoffs. Ten and six missed the playoffs. Okay, ten and six, you missed the playoffs. You shouldn't really be punished that much for that. Nine and seven wasn't a great regular season. Somehow won the Super Bowl. But since then, five straight years without, or excuse me, four straight years without the postseason. Brian, nine and seven, and you're not getting any better. Seven and nine, six and ten, six and ten. Um, since making the playoffs in 2008, one playoff appearance in seven years. It has to start with the head coach at some point, Brian. It has to. It has to start with him at some point. I know the players like him. I know he's been successful. But at some point, you have to look at the head coach. Now, now, and when you've only made the postseason once in I seventh talk? years, you've got to cut the cord. Can I talk now? Yeah. Thank you. Now, obviously, New York, it's going to be a – people are going to be vibing for the spot. I mean, it's it's not a – and it's and in terms of – Jobs that are open, it's it's one of the better ones, especially with Pagano ta- staying with the Colts. Good family, good owners. They got a, a good offense. I mean, Eli, 35, so you got, you got a couple more years still, left with him. Still shows. Odell Beckham. Still showing, I mean, 35 touchdowns, 14 yeah. interceptions, nice season. My thing is who – I'm not sure if I'm going to like the replacement because I don't want McAdoo or, or Spagnola. Well, we've seen Spagnola as a head coach. That was terrible. Over and, with St. Louis. And I'm more – I like a defensive coordinator as a head coach more than an offensive coordinator. I've always liked that. Um, and with and even more so, if you bring an offense coordinator, and I have no idea any, any names that are speculating right now. I mean, it's, it's very early. But if they bring another offensive coordinator-minded coach – I do not want that disrupting what Ben McAdoo does with Eli Manning. I, I don't want and Eli any, has been has been he's been very in, very good. Yes. I don't I don't want anything. And and to be honest, I don't I don't want McAdoo as the head coach because a new offense coordinator is going to do the same thing. No, he's going to want no. to. I, I, I if, if McAdoo is the head coach, he can say McAdoo is going to bring in his guy, Brian. True, right? McAdoo is going to bring in someone who is going to run what he wants run. And for all we know, McAdoo, if he becomes the head coach could still call the plays. True. Okay, so there I'll, I'll make a, an exception. If they do pick an offense coordinator, I hope it's McAdoo. However, Peter King, he was just on Colin Cowboy. He doesn't think it's going to be either Spagnola or McAdoo. So if they, are bringing, if they are bringing an outside guy, it better be defensive. Do not mess with the system. Unless it is a McAdoo guy, as, as they say. If there is strong ties, I, don't know who and they're I gonna mean bring strong in, dies. I don't think we can debate about who they're going to bring in. I just think... It's it's it was time for a change. It was time to to go a different direction. And actually, if you you look at his Tom Coughlin's records with Jacksonville, his last three years seven and nine, six and ten, six and ten, two thousand, two thousand one, and two thousand two. Same thing with the Giants thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, seven and nine, six and ten, six and ten. All right, so we're going to keep going here. Chuck Pagano, he's signing an extension, a four year deal, even though he's under contract next season. Sam. This t- this took a complete 360. We thought Pagano was going to be fired. We thought he was I gone. Thought, I, I was shocked that they were going to fire him. So was I. Or not? His contract was expired, so just going to let him go. Apparently, there was like a six-hour meeting on Sunday or, or Monday morning, and apparently um, Pagano fought his ass off to keep his job. That's that was a quote. That was a quote from, from a source that he's going to fight his ass off for the job. 
and he got. I mean, look, you can make an argument that Pagano still did a very good job this year. He went eight and eight with Matt Hasselback as a quarterback for eight games, and then uh, Josh Freeman started another game. And when Andrew Luck was was playing, he was hurt. I mean, he's hurt all season. So to still go yeah. eight and eight with a defense that is, is with below Matt Hasselback as your quarterback, a forty year old Matt Hasselback who couldn't stay on the field most games. Oh God, I mean, that's eight I mean, and eight. They play, They had to sign Josh Freeman to play week yeah. seventeen, and they still won. Yeah. That's what I just said. Clearly, you weren't paying I know, attention. Oh. But I'm reiterating. Okay. Yeah. So Brian, it's reiterating. He he won the AFC South for th- for in the in his first three seasons. He got forty one and twenty three overall. Um, and I heard and I, I thought it was a good point. If anything, with Andrew Luck not being there, it showed the holes and failures of the GM Ryan Gregson. Yes, and and pointing that out, I mean, there's and. This I read an article um, a few days ago where Grigson just made some interesting picks or interesting decisions, and it's he's kind of overrided some decisions made by the coaching staff and by Pagano. Um, and a trade he acquired Trent Richardson for a first round pick, and despite his his lack of production, he still wanted him to get more carries. When the only thing that was gaining was his was his weight, Sam. I mean, he wasn't gaining rushing yards. Um, he insisted on using Josh Cribbs as a punt returner, who with the Cleveland Browns, fantastic. Uh, five years ago was fantastic, but the coaching staff Pagano said when he was on the Colts, we don't want him returning kicks. Uh, Grigson overruled that, and he had a huge fumble in the AFC title game last year. And this, they went through the AFC title game last year. They've made the playoffs every year since 2011. Um, and you remember when they? Well, he had the he had the cancer then, but uh, that unbelievable season. <laughs> when they win Andrew Luck's first season, it's, it's, it blows my mind how quickly places can change their mind as far as things go. It's just like, you know, going into this year, would you have ever thought Chuck Pagano would be fighting for his job? No, no, no shot. No. People were saying they were in the Super Bowl. Right. And now his quarterback's out, and we've seen how big of a quarterback-driven league it is, which makes Bill O'Brien's coaching job that much better with yep. Houston this year, yeah. uh, going through a bunch of C-list quarterbacks. C, yeah. Like <laughs> um, now, if Pagano goes seven and nine next year with a healthy Andrew Luck, different story. Okay, you know, but it's you. you I mean, and it, it's like what someone brought up: if Tom Brady got injured Week One last year, and the Patriots finished eight and eight, would Bill Belichick even be close to the hot seat? No, no shot. People. Uh, People have to look to the Patriots a little more, I think, in, in essence like that. You can't panic. You can't panic and make a move just for the sake of making a move. You have to build something. The Browns haven't built anything in years. You have to build. you got to start somewhere, and you got I mean, you have to start from the bottom. I mean, if, if you're going to do a fire sale, you got to get rid of everybody, and you got to do it right. you like, you gotta you got to get your needs. you got to get a quarterback, and you got to get people that pr- protect them. you, you got to get offensive linemen. You know what's going to be interesting? Remember when the Browns fired, or, uh, hired – Mike Patton a few years ago. Yep. Uh, what was he like? Their sixth or seventh option. How many options are they going to go through this year? Where people are just going to be like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm good being the defensive coordinator yeah. t- with Team X or whatever. You know, yeah. whatever it is. It's even worse now with the Browns than it was then. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's reset. It's the Sports Village Podcast. It's everything sports all the time. Uh, we are running. Pretty, we're at 39 minutes right now, Sam. We're rolling. We are rolling. I, we, well, we talked about this before the show. This is 
you know, we can always talk about, but it was college basketball. We could talk for hours about it. Hours. Was uh, that in Major League Baseball? We could go. It was on a good forever. slate of uh, the sports world smiled at us today. Yes, it did. Um, hopefully, UConn basketball smiled back at us tonight. As you mentioned, Sam, 370 days, 370 days ago today, we were at the XL Center, and UConn played Temple. UConn's playing Temple tonight. January 31st, 2014, ruined my New Year's Eve. It's a bad way to go. Yes, it was this a terrible is, way to, uh, to, end to end 2014, which was a great year as a UConn basketball fan. Yes. Um, Daniel Hamilton, he missed three free throws. Did you read the Donna Moria article? I have not read it yet. Okay, well, it's pretty much about that, um, and shows how much his growth. But anyways, it's a rematch of that game, UConn-Temple. Now, here's the we question. We will be there, 8 o'clock, XL Center, CBS Sports. If you're Huskies fans, do not miss it. Here's the question for you, Brian. Obviously, the players are excited, and they remember what happened. A lot of the players on this team were on the team last year. Um... Are we more excited for personal revenge after what happened last year, or is the team more excited? Well, they also beat him twice. No, I I think they're up for it. They beat him twice last year. They got something to show for. Oh, I know. But, I mean, for me, this this is, like, bigger than UConn Temple. This is like, oh, we got to get them back after last year. Well, I mean, I I also think in our minds we're trying to stir up rivalries in our own head because there's no more UConn-Syracuse, UConn-Pitt, UConn-Georgetown. I have never been so upset after leaving a UConn game. I would say that game, and then when they lost to Marquette a few years ago, those were my two biggest yeah, in-person. See, even when they lost to SMU in the championship, in the championship game, game, but it they was, were down so I, much. Well, no, but it was just kind of like, well, it was it was a you know it was a huge mountain to climb in the beginning. They were going to be a playing game. Yeah, well, even and I, even I just, that that stretch of the AAC, I still look at that, and even though they lost. I had a blast yeah. those four days. Yeah, An I was there absolute for three. Yeah. Bla- I mean, the South Florida game was kind of a sleeper, whatever. Uh, I had been working there during the day and was just watching by myself. And there was about 5,000, 6,000 people but, uh, for that game. But the Cincinnati game, the Tulsa game, and then even the SMU game. I mean, the, the well, they crowd, run, yeah. the people we were sitting around, it was just – Hopefully they're back. We, we have to see if those seats are available. <laughs> We have to. It's an absolute must. I wrote it down somewhere what seats they were. It's like 103. I know what it looks like. I wrote it down. Like. Okay. I can go find it. Yeah, hopefully our, our girls are there. we got to bring Mike, though, to, to really bonify ourselves. Mike was the one who gave him a hug, Mike yeah. Costantini. He got who a has... kiss. He got a kiss from one of them, did too. Did he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Right yeah. in the cheek. Is this the first time you've been back at the XL Center since uh, March 15th? I was back. I've been back twice. I've been back None. once. One for your tour. My tour, yes. Twice. Twice, because then, yeah. I went for a UConn women's game, my first ever. Yeah. UConn-Kansas State. The UConn women fans clap when the opposing team is announced. Anyways. It's cute. <laughs> and then I went to UConn and Sacred Heart at the XL Center. Oh, you did? So this, all right, so this is not your first UConn no. men's basketball game since then. No. All right, so um, let's move on. Let's stick with the NBA. Draymond Green real quick. Three straight triple doubles. He's got stick five with the NBA. this season. Uh, we've never well, We'll move on to the NBA. Move on to the NBA. Stick with basketball. Same thing. Um, Draymond Green, three straight triple doubles. He's got five this season. Sam, is he the third best player on this team, or is he better than Clay Thompson, or is he better than Steph Curry? Slow your roll. Um, I don't know. Obviously, Steph Curry's the best player on the team. Um, his improvement has been. Fan- I thought he'd be a solid NBA player. Yeah, I didn't I'm, think he was gonna be this good. Um, I don't think anybody did. I think you look at it and. I don't know if you could say Clay Thompson, him. They're definitely the second and third options, the two of them. And I think 
you look, I look at it and I just see two guys that fill exactly what they need to fill as far as their role goes. Then they do it to perfection. Heard a rumor last week that apparently Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is interested yeah. in the Golden State Warriors. Now Harrison Barnes is going to be a free agent as well, so they Kevin, didn't. so Kevin Durant could quickly fill the hole of Harrison Barnes, who's been fantastic. Fill the role. Well, <laughs> yeah, he could fill that hole uh, could he? Just, just a little bit. But would that be a good or bad situation? I mean, Durant has always played with another score. He's played with Russell Westbrook, so it wouldn't be a new thing to him. And he'd be going into it knowing It'd be a completely different style. It would be. I mean, more you, you, open Oklahoma floor. Si- more op- he'd be even better. I think he's because he could spread the floor. He's the best which pure is... scorer in the NBA still. Durant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. LeBron's the best overall player. Steph Curry is the best shooter, but Durant is still the the best pure scorer as far as scoring in the mid range game, getting to the hoop, and from three. Can you imagine the starting lineup of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant? Uh, Draymond, Draymond Green, Green and Andrew Bogut. And Andrew Bogut. But the, here's the question: you you look at it, and you know you always hear about with LeBron, he teamed up, and people and they've gotten over it now with LeBron teaming yeah. up and like, oh, it's going to kill his legacy. Even though if he wins with yeah. all these stars, even if he wins ten straight NBA Finals, it's not going to mean as much as Jordan. But it's different in that sense, I think, where they went and they created something completely new. You know, Dwayne Wade was already with Miami, obviously. But with Bosch and LeBron coming, it com- complete it created something that was entirely new, fresh. If Durant goes to Golden State, he's it's not going to be creating something entirely new. It's going to be going he's fitting into their system. He's going to be going into something that's already structured. Yeah. So it's not it's not the same as you know when LeBron and Bra- and Bosch went down there and Wade. They created something new, and they made it a completely, you know, they made it that four-year chapter of the NBA. It was that four-year chapter where they made this thing, they did what they could with it, and then it dispersed. If Durant goes there, we've already started the Golden State chapter. We're in Chapter 2 right now this year, Season 2. If he goes there after Chapter 2, He's going to be joining in in Chapter 3 in a continuing story. It won't be new when he gets there. It'll be a continuation. It'll be another piece of the puzzle. Right. Not that that's a bad thing. No. I'm just saying no. what, it, what it's going to be. Yeah. It's sort of like uh, with LaMarcus Aldridge going down to San Antonio. Uh, what the, chapter are they on there? <laughs> 25. I mean, it started with David Robinson. And, yeah. And it's, it's, so I'm just, I'm just pointing out it's not unprecedented for stars to, to do this. Um, and you now you see Tim Duncan starting to – you know, still very effective player, still a very good player, Tim Duncan. Yep. But he's moving off, and that'll allow a guy like Lamarcus Aldridge to kind of take that place and just continue moving things along there. Speaking of a guy that has his final chapter going on right now, Kobe Bean Bryant. Uh, there is a rumor that Mitch Kupchak, the general manager for the Los Angeles Lakers, is thinking about retiring both number eight and number twenty-four for Kobe Bryant. Now, Sam. Kobe won three straight from 2000 to 2002. That was the uh, you know the dynasty or the three peat with Shaq. Uh, he won number eight for those three, and then uh, he won two straight in 09 and 10 with number 24. They already have nine. The Lakers already have nine pl- jersey, jerseys retired at the Staples Center. Should they retire both of these jerseys? No. Which one should they retire then? His pick. His pick. Whatever he wants. To me now. This maybe this is skewed because I've only re- I only remember Kobe as twenty four. I remember him as eight. I vague I, I I 
hardly remember him as eight. I mean, didn't when he scored eighty-one points, wasn't that with number twenty-four? I think so. So I mean, even there, I mean, you know, like he switched in two thousand six. So I was that's in not sixth the, grade. That's not the point. The point is, you don't, you're one player. You don't retire two numbers. It's like Michael Jordan. He didn't play as long, but he played with number forty-five. I think he won a championship with number forty-five. Yeah, he won five with twenty-three. I know, but um, but this this is something that the Lakers would do, right? To be the first franchise. I'm, I'm right. I'm, assu- I'm assuming the first franchise to retire the same player with two different jersey numbers. Yeah. Not the, the, as far as I know. I can't think of any, not in any sport. <sighs> the Yankees might have t- a couple guys with two numbers retired before the retiring number thing became a thing. A thing. Um, but I'm not sure as a grand scheme, as an overall look at things. But <sighs> you just, I didn't. I think he. You say Kobe, you pick one. Yeah. Whatever you want. I didn't want to talk. You know, I told you I wanted to talk no. about this on the show. I just kind of wanted to get my point out there where you can't have two numbers retire for the same guy. Yeah. You pick one, whether it be eight or 24. I think he should pick 24 because that's what he's playing with at the end of his career. Would make sense. He hasn't worn number eight in. Since 2006. Like, well, in almost a decade. Yeah. You know? Um, let's head to Sands back on the radar. No music. I'm too lazy to pull up iTunes and put it up. So, uh, Sam, th- now this, <laughs> back on the radar, yes, it's been a while for this for this guy. This is this has been, like, breaking news all day on sports it's media. Kinda, looks good. It does. Brian well, Erlacher with hair, eight-time pro bowler. He, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, <laughs> Chicago Bears, obviously middle linebacker, all-time great, number 54, big, tough guy. Always had the ball dead, now he has hair. Good for him. Good for him. If, you he, if he wants hair, yeah. he should have it. Were you? I don't think you. I think you left by the time um, he called into the DP show. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, uh, we called in the DP show. He's going to try to get Fritzy to get to uh, use what he used. Did he? Did he use plugs? Yep. It looks good. It does. I think it looks good. And you know what? <laughs> if if he if he walked into your house without prior knowledge, I never would have known it was Brian Arlacher. Yeah. Well, maybe a size and his like maybe I could have put together, but um, it, just looking at his face, like you wouldn't recognize him. But after a while, and you kind of get used to it, but it looks good. He can pull it off. Yeah. He's still young enough to have short a, uh, a short buzz cut. <laughs> the Seinfeld scene with George and the uh, the piece when Elaine. I don't like this thing. Just throws, it, throws it out the it. window. Speaking of that, um, I was listening to Mike and Mike on the way to the doctors, and um, and uh, Mike and Mike, Mike Greenberg, Greenberg loves Seinfeld. Yeah, Mike Greenberg said uh, George Costanza, even though he's not dead, he's he's rolling his his gravestone right now <laughs> about the hair. Uh, about the hair, yeah. <laughs> so that was a good one. Um, last note, and then stump the bro. Uh, again, you're listening to the Sports Brothers podcast with Sam and Brian Dossler, two brothers four years apart, went to both to Plainville High School. Sam graduated from Springfield College in 2013. I am currently a junior at Eastern Connecticut State University. Um, the college football bowl game, and Sam. Sam is counting down the days until Brian goes back to school. And I'm counting the days to leave you. Um, <laughs> counting down the hours and the minutes of the UConn game, let's be real. Um... Sam wants to give an exact time. Is that, About is that five and a half hours. Five and a half hours, all right. Not See, bad. Um, Moving along. The, Sam, without, let's not talk about the ratings just yet. The bowl games have sucked overall this year. It's other than the a, Alamo Bowl. Other than the Alamo Bowl. Which, who cares, really? Yeah. Let's be real. I mean, a great game, but who cares? Just a Indiana stinker, Duke. A stinker. Indiana Duke, good game. Penn State, Georgia was close. But who cares? But who cares? I'm a Penn State fan, I'm saying that. 
and also because I couldn't really watch it, and I haven't really watched Penn State football this year. Um, but to the New Year's Eve Bowls, and this is something that ES fans promoted since the beginning of the season, the the the, the New Year's Six, or the, the is that what they call yeah, it? Yeah, the New Year's Six, which is really the old BCS games for the most part. Yeah. With, but now with the Cotton Bowl and the Peach Bowl the, in there. The Cotton Bowl and the Orange Bowl. No, Peach Bowl. Pe- Peach Bowl as well. Well, I'm saying because the Cotton Bowl and the Peach Bowl were never considered BCS games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always the Fiesta, the Rose, the Orange, and the Sugar. Anyways, uh, the Cotton Bowl, 9.9 rating. Orange Bowl, 9.7. When last year it was 15.5 and 15.3, respectively. And that was on New Year's Day night. huge which, numbers. Yeah, huge. I mean, that's that. That's Those like, games were on January 1st. Yes. That's NBA Finals uh, type ratings. Um, 18 million people watched the Cotton Bowl this year. 15 million watched the Orange Bowl. That's 33% lower from last year. Same, 33%. And ESPN yesterday said they're not gonna, they're not changing their plans. They're, they're not gonna move uh, these games, which is kind of disappointing. Now, I will say this: as we mentioned, the game stunk, right? I mean, Alabama blew a Michigan State. Well, the and and, Clemson, but, and Oklahoma Clemson was close in the first half. Second half, it was a blowout. But you still, even I mean, that was a very entertaining first half, and it was a close game, really. F- even though the score ended up being 20 points, it was a game that Oklahoma was in until really late in the third quarter. Okay, so for two and a half quarters, it was Which it was is good. enough time to get the ratings up there. But you just look at it, and a lot of people in this country work on New, New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve. So if I'm working in L.A., it's a 1 o'clock kickoff. There's no shot I can watch that no game. Even if, you, even if on a lot of companies... You know, we'll get out at 3, 3.30, a little bit early. But you're still, by that time, you're getting out at 3.30. You've missed the entire first half. You're driving home. Maybe you're going somewhere that night. You have to go to the grocery store and pick up a bag of chips, you know? Whatever it is for where you're going. Or you're hosting a party out there. So you're not putting the TV on. You're running around doing errands. Um, On the East Coast, the 4 o'clock start, I thought, was, you know, was was fine. Yeah, it's you know, fine for for me. For us, yeah. This year it was. Yes. For it was fine. I'm an Oklahoma fan, so I was happy that it was a four o'clock game. I uh, watched the entire game through. But both of us, we had New Year's Eve plans. We yes. went out. The game was on where I was. It was on where you were. Yep. But you're not really watching. And then you're not you're not watching as in clo- as closely and obviously as people that drink on New Year's and now they're not really watching that not really but, paying attention. And then there's the people you go and I didn't mind so much this year because it was a blowout, yeah. but it was like eleven o'clock, and usually that's crunch time. You know, this is yep. fourth quarter coming down. Yep, got to see the end. You flip over to ABC because yep. you want to see the ball drop. Yep, and you want to. You know, see, we flipped at eleven thirty. You want to see some singing act? You want to see yeah. this? You want to, see, you know, yeah. whatever the other people want to. We flipped at eleven thirty. But you weren't. You were in a different situation. You were in a with a different group of people than I was. Yeah. And it wasn't my place. Yeah. Well, I mean, it if it was my place, either, but... if it was my place, I would have just left it on the football game all night. It's thirty-eight nothing. I would rather maybe not there see you would Auburn, flip or, it. Excuse me, Alabama run for but score. I know for you personally and me personally. I want to be able to sit there and just watch eight straight hours of college football. Yeah, without, I want to watch, without having to worry about it. I want to watch the entirety of the – and really watch it. There's a difference, and I talk about this all the time. 
when you go to a bar, you're not watching. You're not you're, watching you're, the game. Like, like people game. are like, I've I've gotten texts numerous times about, oh, you want to go out and watch such and such UConn game or this such and such game. It's like, no, I want to sit in my living room, sit in my basement, wherever, so I can he- I want to hear the game. I don't want to be like. See, that's the thing. Like maybe because we like broadcasting and all that stuff, where just like if you're just a sports fan, you don't really care about it as much as we do. But th- I, that's why I run to the issue with, with with other people. Like we like in order for us to feel like we watch the game, like we want to actually sit down and watch. Either the game. be at the game, yeah, well, or be able to hear, you know, John like Shambi yes- and Fran Franchillo. Like yesterday for the Kansas Oklahoma game, I didn't really start watching until overtime because I was playing cards. I stayed and I won, which yes, good for you, thank you. Um, but it's still like I feel like I got robbed and of not being able to watch the entire game because to me, that's an experience to me. It's not, a, it, I should say it's not, that's, it's not a big of a experience for other people as it is for me and you. If I go to, sport, if, if, we're sports nerds. If I go to a sport, like if I went to the sports bar and watched UConn tonight, yeah, I watched the game, but you don't, you don't feel it. You know, you don't, yeah. you don't hear the crowd. You don't hear the announcers. You don't get that feel. You, you feel removed from it. Yeah. And that's what we, we and there's, don't you're like. ordering yeah. food. Yeah. You're this. You're, you know, someone starts talking about you. It's just, yeah. It, that's that's the thing there. The eight o'clock start is the issue, especially because people aren't fully full. I want to sit there for eight hours and watch and listen to everything. Let's head to our weekly dose of Stump the Bro. It's time to stump. The bro. Do you think we should change any of our uh, our segments, our music, or anything? I like the original. I do. We're both we're both we're both boring people, though. We don't want we don't like change. I think if we're gonna do it, it's a it's a, a summer overhaul. Okay. We have more time. You know, you're only home for this month stretch right now. The other thing is, it's so hard to find the music. It is. It's, oh, you God. know, may, maybe maybe we, we could be searching for hours. Maybe while you're off to school, we get in discussions with our producers and um, we think about a new 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 style release for like May 2016. A little teaser there. Huh? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Or maybe All we right. cancel the show. Don't no, want that. We're not, we're not um, all right, so uh, it'll either be the same or a slight change. Yeah. All right. Uh, Stump the bro. <laughs> I went first last time. Same. You go first this time. We both didn't get it last time, correct? That's correct. All right. So we talked about it off the top of the show, buddy. Healed forty-six points last night. Yep. That was the most by a visiting player in Lawrence since when? They've been playing basketball there a long time. Long time. Nineteen fifty-one. 2008, 1962, or 1998? You really went everywhere, huh? Usually, like, in those kind of answers, there's, like, one that just doesn't make sense. It's, like, 2006, 2007, 2008, like, 1995. Yeah, so you said 51, Mm -hmm. which could be, like, Naismith. Um, 62. 62. 98. 98. And 2008. 2008. 2008. God. That could be like a Blake Griffin. Um, so who scored? the? Oh, it's an opponent. Right, it's an opponent. Um, Just the year, not the player. Couldn't find the player, actually. Oh, so. come on. That's the best part. Well, look it up. I'm sure you could type in the box to say, like, I don't know. 
Um, I'll go 1951. 1962. So you don't know who the player is. No. So I feel robbed of knowing a stat. Yep. I'm sorry. SB Nation. They dropped the ball. All right. So my question is to you, Sam. We haven't talked about baseball all podcast, so here's your baseball. Ken Griffey Jr., he's up for um, the Hall of Fame, uh, and, and those names will be announced tomorrow. Which we will talk about in our next show. Yes, we will. Um, you know what we didn't do for the show? We didn't give our 2016 big headliners. We didn't. I think we missed the. I think we've missed the calling on that. No, I don't think we have. We could do it next show. All right. Maybe we'll do next show. Um, so my question to you, Sam, is who won the 1989 Rookie of the Year award? Which year? 1989. 1989. Yes. Is that the year Griffey broke in? Your choices are Ken Griffey Jr., Greg Olson. Tom Gordon or Kevin Brown? Kevin Brown. That answer is false. We're both playing. we got to get these right. The correct answer is Greg Olson. Greg Olson, huh? He the went, tight end? <laughs> he went 5-2 and two that year with a 1.69 ERA, 27 saves, and 85 innings. A little, another fun fact for you. He's the first reliever to win the Rookie of the Year award, uh, but he was hampered by injuries his whole career, and he only... Um, he didn't pitch for really that much longer. He went 40 and 30. He was an all-star in his second year. Yep, 40 and 30. Or no, that was his first full year. He went 40 and 39 with 217 yeah, saves and a 369. Are you sure he was rookie of the year? Yes. Look on MLB.com. It even says in his bio. But it doesn't say on baseball reference. If you go on MLB.com trivia. It just says he was an all-star in 1990. If you, I will go on MLB.trivia right now. Uh, this now. is a different Greg Olson. This is the catcher, Greg Olson. Ah, uh, right. Uh, All right. This would be the other Greg Olson. Yes. Here we go. There he is. Rookie of the year, right there. Yep. 1989. Also an all-star in 1990. So there were two Greg Olsons that were all-stars in I, That's what I thought you were talking about. Like, I just, I didn't, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool, huh? That's pretty cool. Wonder what, that could be the last time it's ever happened. He spells name. his name G-R-E-G-G, though. Yes. Goes this, with the the, my Greg Olson. Your Greg Olson yes. goes with the double G. And yours only goes with a single G? Yes. That's lame. Yes. That's lame. Well, that's going to do it for this podcast. Thank you for listening to the Sports Brothers podcast with Sam and Brian Doster. We'll be back next week. And let's see. Today's the fifth. Coming back. National champion. Who do you got? Clemson? Oh, uh, Alabama. Alabama. I hate it. But Alabama. Alabama. Yep. Alabama. And going to say it. Whenever Nick Saban Leaves Alabama, whether it's this year, six years, if Dabo Sweeney's still having the success he's currently having at Clemson, Dabo Sweeney, former Alabama football player, he's your next to- coach of the Crimson Tide. That could be a 2016 headliner. Could be one of those things. Um, Mic drop number two. Okay. So we'll probably do two more shows before I go back to school, and then, of course, you can listen to me at school um, on WCS Radio 90.1. I'll put on Facebook when I'm going to be uh, – doing the radio show for those times i'll be doing with multiple people but i'll just kind of announce when my time is uh but thank you for listening and have a great rest of your january 5th day